Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the Burgundy and Blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mile High Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. I'm Mike Evans, coming you to uh, coming at you today from the couch uh, because after the Avalanche lost to Vegas seven nothing, and after they lost to St. Louis eight to two. I really was worried, and honestly, I thought I'd be in need of some serious therapy. Here on the couch, getting guidance, getting advice, getting therapy, because I just, uh, I just didn't know if the Avalanche were going to be able to rebound from all this. No, actually, I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling really good. We're here on the couch in our makeshift studio as we have some really exciting things going on in our uh, main podcast studio that you've gotten accustomed to watching us do these podcasts in the past. But uh, exciting stuff coming. But in the meantime, take a seat here on the couch next to me and let's uh, let's talk about this Avalanche team. Yeah, I was admittedly kind of freaked out. I was rattled by that 8-2 to loss over St. Louis. That was just so jarring because it's just – Something you just don't see from the Avalanche. That kind of a loss, that kind of a failure to compete. So what has been better the last two games? The wins over Seattle and the wins over Anaheim. What's been the difference? A couple things stand out to me. One, the Avalanche just kind of got back to work. You know, I think sometimes we talk about hockey and we get into the numbers and the analytics and Corsi ratings and things like that. And we lose sight of the fact that Hockey is really a simple game. Go to work, put the work in, be willing to pay the price, be willing to sacrifice, and it's amazing the difference that that will make. And I thought Jared Bednar, once he had a couple of wins under his belt after the debacle against St. Louis, he was able to speak with a lot more clarity looking back on what the Avs were missing and what they had done better in those those two games against Seattle and against Anaheim and, and really what he, he said and it makes such sense he said we just got back to working right you know we got back to working working hard making more of a commitment skating and he said it's interesting how one kind of leads to the other that if you start to put the work in you start to skate better the focus increases the focus sharpens and then what ends up happening you end up playing freer you end up playing faster and that is, of course, the strength of the Avalanche. They have unmatched, almost unmatched speed up and down the lineup. They're one of the faster teams in the NHL. And so they were freed up to go play their style, and we've seen the results. Bednar saying that it really started those final two periods against Seattle. He said that's when we started to get back to our game. And that those 40 minutes against Seattle, those last 40 minutes, were the best hockey that they've played all season long continued on into the Anaheim game. He did say something interesting about these two games. He said, I was really happy with the final 40 minutes that we played against Seattle. I was happy with the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes we played against Anaheim. So good news is we're playing 40 minutes of good hockey. We got to get it to 60 minutes. He'll take the 40 minutes for right now. The other thing that we saw in those last two games, especially the Anaheim game, the play of the supporting cast. I've said this many times on this podcast and on the show with with uh, with Schlereth in the mornings, that to me, how this supporting cast plays is the number one key to this season. 
Last year, the supporting cast just never really lived up, never materialized, and the avalanche fell short. A lot of new faces. It's understandable that it could take some while for those new faces to gel. And you look at that Ducks game, the bottom six, the bottom six forwards, the production from the third and fourth line was extraordinary. Four goals and five assists, nine points combined from the bottom six forwards. That's that's remarkable. You go into most games, and what you really want from your bottom six forwards, you want energy, uh, you want checking, you want defense, pot the occasional goal, but we're not going to really, really count on you for uh, a lot of heavy offensive lifting from the third and especially fourth line. But, boy, against Anaheim, you got it in droves. So that was really encouraging because if you agree with me that the key to the season is what does the supporting cast to this core do, then the Anaheim game and the Seattle game, but especially the Anaheim game, was was very, very encouraging. I thought the, the other big thing that came out of how this team bounced back from the loss to St. Louis was Jared Bednar's message was heard. And part of what made that St. Louis loss so stunning, so jarring, so rattling was listening and watching Bednar after that game. It was just seeing him and hearing him talk in a way that he just hasn't talked as coach of the Avalanche over the years. To hear him just be so down and to be calling out the compete level and saying that guys were losing battles all over the ice and flat out quitting. Oof. That's harsh. Anytime a coach uses the quit word, that is, that's going nuclear, man. And you run the risk as a coach of approaching and going over a line that you just can't walk back. But it worked for Jared Bednar. And why did it work? Well, I think we've kind of gotten some experience with Michael Malone over the years, haven't we? Malone has never been hesitant to call out his team, call out his team's effort, call him out for being soft. And every time it seems that he's done that, the Nuggets have always responded the next game. What does that tell you? It tells you that his message is being heard, it's not gotten stale, and the players respect and respond to it. Anytime Bednar does what he does did after the St. Louis game, you wonder, is he running the risk of losing the team? He's been around here for a long time. You run the risk of his message getting stale. But the fact that the team has responded the way that they did is a real positive sign. It tells you that Bednar, like Malone, know their teams. And they know what they can say and what they can't say. They know that they have the permission to come out and be super critical of the team publicly. Why? Well, because they know that they have the backing of their best players, of their leaders. Just like Michael Malone knows that he can go scorched earth on the Nuggets because he knows Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray have his back, I think we saw the same thing play out here with Bednar and the Avalanche. This is proof that he had the permission to go out and say the things publicly that the guys in that locker room already knew were true. He had Nathan McKinnon's or Nathan McKinnon had his back. Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, the core, uh, Devon Taves, Josh Manson, all these leaders understood that what Josh Bednar was saying, Josh Bednar, Jared Bednar was saying wasn't out of bounds, wasn't um, unfair, wasn't cruel, wasn't being mean, uh, wasn't scapegoating, wasn't pointing the finger. It was all stuff 
that the players understood. So when Bednar came out and said it publicly, in, internally in that room, uh, the players were like, yeah, coach is right. And the Avalanche came out and responded. So that, that's a really positive development on many fronts, that Jared Bednar can be critical of this team, that the team will respond, they won't hang their heads, they won't pout, and the players have that kind of leadership uh, to go out and make sure that that message is heard, received, delivered, and then gone out and uh, executed. I guess the next thing now to come out of all this is, are the Avs past this dark period, right? We saw some things with the Avalanche that we're not quite accustomed to seeing. They go out after that 6-0 start. They go back east. They lose back-to-back games in, in Buffalo and Pittsburgh. They get a shutout 8 nothing in the process. Then they go out to Vegas against the defending champs and lose 7 nothing. Then the much-documented St. Louis loss 8-2. The fact that they've come back with a pair of wins, does that mean we're all good? Does that mean, you know, lessons have been learned and we will not see any more of this the rest of the season? I, I'd like to say that. I'd like to say I believe that. I'm not ready to go there just yet, and here's why. I get that losses happen, especially early in the season, right? It's a long haul, 82 games. You're not going to be able to bring it every single night. I get that. But uh, I'm, I'm okay with losses. I'm okay with some some you know bad losses. I understand slumps. They're going to happen. But, man, these losses that we've seen from the Avalanche are just so unusual, aren't they? 7 nothing to the defending champs, a Vegas team that has always been kind of a litmus test game for you, 7 nothing, And then to have 8-2 to two to St. Louis, another kind of rivalry game based on recent history with these two teams. What I'm saying is that the Avalanche over these last five, six years – since they become good and since they become a, cont- a contender and ultimately won a Stanley Cup, I would think that there has been a standard that has been set that even with new people coming in, that that standard is understood that you just don't get 7 nothing, You don't get 8-2. You don't get quitting in the third period. So while I was, I'll use the word again, rattled, by the uh, loss to St. Louis. I'm encouraged by the way they bounce back, but it's only been two games. And the memory of 7 nothing and 8-2 to two are still so fresh in my mind because they're so unusual for this Avalanche team. I still need to see more evidence that this team is truly past those kind of games and past those kind of performances. So for me, I probably need to see it play out for like another couple of weeks uh, you know, just to make sure that they cl- clearly have this out of their system uh, before I'm ready to uh, be super, super confident that uh, we won't see that again. But the good news is it stopped after the St. Louis game. It did not, continu- uh, did not continu- uh, continue. The players responded, and at least it seems like uh, the messages were heard and the players went out and executed the right way. So that's good. That's positive. We'll see if they can continue to build on it and avoid those kind of blowout losses that kind of had all of us freaked out. I think I speak for everybody out there uh, as Avalanche fans. Big sigh of relief because it's one thing to blow off a loss and say, hey, no biggie, it's early in the season. But when you lose like they did to St. Louis, and more importantly, have Jared Bednar come out and talk the way that he did after that game, that was unusual. And I'm sure that had a lot of people kind of wondering, what's up with this team? But maybe a sigh of relief, these last two games, make us feel a little bit better, 
Now let's see where they go from here. From the couch in our new makeshift studios, at least for uh, now, our uh, new home for now for the Mile High Hockey Podcast, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Uh, We'll see you again next week, Thanksgiving week. Take care.